Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida mansion. Show us what you found. You've never done this to a former president. This is 2022. The 2022 midterms. Democratic Party. Their woke socialist green dream ideology. Whether or not they'll end up paying a price for it this fall is unclear. Elections do have consequences. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. News and Views for a Tuesday. Tom, Benny, and Clark, and uh, lots to talk about. It is primary day in Florida and New York, and uh, one of the more interesting races will be um, Jabba the Hutt and Carolyn Mosley. <laughs> Maloney, not Mosley, Maloney, uh, up in New York. Jerry Nadler. Um, Nadler, yeah, the former job of the hut. He's he's lost quite a bit of weight. Highest highest waist in America. <laughs> Somebody has sent a uh, picture of him one time, and his <laughs> his belt was really so high. I think the, the under the picture it said, "I I will uh, continue to go after Trump after I uh, quit strangling my nipples or something like." That. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> Anyway, old Jerry Nadler, it's too bad both of them can't lose. But uh, indeed, one of them will win. Both are big libs. Both are 75. Um, did you know uh, Maloney is uh, actually from Greensboro, North Carolina? That's where really? She born. Yeah, she's born. I mean, I don't know. She might have moved to New York when she was hmm. six months old, but she was born in Greensboro. Probably a... Probably a child of the textile industry back in the day. Yeah, I don't think uh, Greensboro owns her by any means, but uh, they've both been in the house since the early 1990s. And uh, anyway, one of them will lose. Too bad both of them won't. Paul Pelosi was uh, the headlines. He was back in Napa County Court. He, He was not. His attorney showed up in court for another hearing. And just late this afternoon... Uh, Fox has said that the California Highway Patrol finally released the video of Paul Pelosi as he was staggering about. Uh, Apparently, how how did they word it? Objective signs of intoxication. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think he was kind of hitting Napa Valley Tour pretty hard that night. Yeah, I I guess it was appropriate that it was in Napa Valley. I don't think he was drinking wine, though. I think it was something a little stronger. But... uh, the Pelosi's, who are both known to take a take a nip, uh, both uh, Paul and uh, Nancy. Uh, anyway, he originally came out and said he was not guilty. And my my hunch is they knew that they had the video and they knew the video would be released and they knew he would look like a total idiot if he came out and said not guilty when he could hardly stand up. He could have killed some people. Uh, we don't know really how badly injured the other driver was. We know his car was totaled. But uh, the the plea deal is such that coming out of the court today, Paul Pelosi will have to serve eight hours of community service. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So the court said, well, you know, he's been through a lot, and uh, he's already served a couple of days. And we're giving – so he originally had five days – he served two, and he got two all for good behavior. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I understand if you're in prison for 20 years and you're good for 15, you might get a couple of years off. <laughs> but you get five days in the clink, 
and you automatically get two days off for good behavior. Well, was he? Uh, did he have a passenger at all? Was he alone? I, you know, I or don't do know. We know that. I don't know. That might have been. I, listen, we don't know the truth on this. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, we won't know the truth. I mean, he could have had some somebody in the car that shouldn't have been in the car. But I, 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 I'm yeah. not, maybe not, maybe so, but we'll never know. That's the reason I was a little suspicious of the night. You know, yeah, he's Nancy Pelosi's honey uh, husband. Honey. Hun- well, husband. I guess honey, too. Okay. But I think he might have had a honey with him or something. <laughs> honey <laughs> will do anything. Uh, well, maybe he didn't have a honey with him then. <laughs> didn't, know he, didn't know Nancy uh, had it in her. But uh, anyway, um, I don't think who knows? It was, just, it was a lot of sketchy information that night. Yeah, so I could, yeah, I could just yeah. see, you know, some young, you know, because Nancy was out of the country or out of town. Yeah, I, uh, well, Man. she was out of, out of, out of town. She was in either in D.C. or getting ready. To, wasn't she over in Taiwan when that happened? Wasn't that? Uh, I mean, I don't know if she was in Taiwan, but on that trip, I think. But I don't think she was in Taiwan, but she might have been on the trip on the way there on a, on another assignment. Anyway, I guess you could call eighty-two it. years old, and he is. Uh, pickled <laughs> still going strong i'd like to know still what drinking strong i'd yeah. like to know what other contents was in his blood you know that'd be kind of interesting this is all wrong <laughs> i mean he might have had some other chemicals in his blood like you know some since nancy was out of town and he's you know kind of corralling <laughs> around he might have a little uh a uh, little uh activating uh medicine <laughs> how dare you <laughs> trying to uh, get the uh, launch sequence going yeah kind of yeah, kinda, yeah. Uh, carolina journal is reporting on josh stein apparently josh is in trouble the wake county grand jury returned a press uh presentment a presentment uh they presented this on monday evening in connection with a controversial 2020 television ad run by attorney general josh stein's re-election campaign First step toward potential indictments, according to the Wake County District Attorney's Office. The presentment mentions Stein and two others for potential indictments. Seth Dearman worked as Stein's 2016 campaign manager and later became his chief of staff. Eric Stern was Stein's 2020 campaign manager. Under state law, misdemeanor offenses are considered in two phases. The next step of the case will be to send the indictments to the grand jury, according to a news release from the Wake DA office. Stein continues to seek help from federal courts in blocking possible criminal charges against his campaign, the media company that prepared the ad and the woman who appeared in it. As of 6.30 p.m. Monday, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals has yet to act on Stein's request for an emergency injunction. Stein had asked the court to issue a ruling last Friday. That hasn't happened. Stein's federal lawsuit filed July 21st asked the federal courts to declare North Carolina general statute, and it gives the number, unconstitutional. The law creates a Class II misdemeanor, a crime for lying about political candidates. Part of Stein's suit involves blocking Wake DA Lauren Freeman's office from moving forward with any criminal charges connected to the disputed law. Freeman's office has been investigating possible charges linked to the 2020 ad. U.S. District Court Catherine Eagles rejected Stein's request for a preliminary injunction on August the 9th. Six days later, Eagles turned down Stein's request to block her own ruling while Attorney General pursues appeals. The controversial ad stopped airing in October of 2020, so the state's two-year statute of limitations for misdemeanor charges runs out soon. Stein, the incumbent, faced uh, Republican Jim O'Neill. Uh, the, the ad dealt with um, rape 
And uh, the, the two, if you remember that campaign, the two were clashing over rape kits used and unused and the use of them to prosecute offenders. Stein ran a TV ad entitled Savior featuring Julia Grimet, a sexual assault survivor who worked for Stein at the North Carolina Department of Justice. At one point in the 30-second ad, Grimet criticizes O'Neill, quote, when I learned that Jim O'Neill left 1,500 rape kits on the shelf, leaving rapists on the street, I had to speak out. Jim O'Neill lodged a complaint saying that they knew this was false, yet they ran it. Now, the curious thing about this is, you know, if, if Josh Stein, I mean, first of all, he is the attorney general. So his job is to enforce the laws on the books. Mm. And yet he is appealing to a federal court to rule this law unconstitutional. It's a North Carolina statute that he is, instead of upholding the North Carolina <clears throat> statutes, he's appealing to a, a federal court to say, dismiss this law, to call this law unconstitutional. In other words, he is doing the opposite of what his job is. But beyond that, it was the law of the land back in 2020 when he theoretically could have broken <clears throat> the law. So even if, he, even if he had good reason for wanting to have this law declared unconstitutional, which I think is a hard reach considering you're the attorney general and you're supposed to be enforcing the law, but, but even then, even if you get the law declared unconstitutional, which I don't think is going to happen, but when you, you knowingly broke the law back in 2020. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I specifically remember the ad uh, once I looked at it you know, when recently this case came up, I remember the ad, and I remember thinking back then, at best, the ad was misleading. Um, I mean, you can make the argument it was just a flat-out lie, and whoever whoever did the ad knew they were lying because it, that's beyond the, the DA's control, those test kits. I mean, that's not something the DA handles. In fact, I thought it kind of odd that when, when Josh Stein came out with that ad against O'Neill um, while he was DA, I mean, there was talk at the time of, of the attorney general's office that was under Roy Cooper's control that there were actually rape test kits at the SBI lab that was just you know sitting around, hadn't been addressed, and that type of thing. So when I first heard it, I said, yeah, this is another case of Democrats accusing Republicans of something they're responsible for. But, but the ad definitely was misleading, and I think uh, when you go listen to it, because um, you know, I think Cooper today came out and said – you know, it's an attack on the First Amendment where somebody can't express a political opinion. Well, it was, it was not an opinion. They stated fact that it was yeah. that O'Neill's fault when, when it was not. I mean, that was just flat out a yeah. lie. There's no other way to say it. And at least you think this uh, What's the big deal. There were 5.4 million ballots cast. O'Neill lost to Stein by less than 14,000 votes. Yeah, I thought I remember it was around ten or 15,000. It, it was close. In fact, that was as close... That was about as close as the governor's race between uh, Pat McCrory and yeah. um, who's who's the other guy? Uh, Cooper. Yeah, I'm trying to forget him. <laughs> Lord you know, Cooper. What's curious about this, though, I, I, I wonder, and I'm not an attorney. If you're an attorney out there, call in let me know. But if O'Neill were to prevail in this lawsuit, it's only a misdemeanor in terms of it being a crime. But would that open the door for a civil lawsuit? in which Jim O'Neill could sue Josh Stein and or his campaign. Yeah, and I, but I, as I understand it, and I'm not a lawyer either, but I, I know in political 
issues, um, you know, like suing civilly uh, for civil crimes like libel or, or slander or whatever is very difficult in a political setting from what I've always understood. D- didn't um, – I, I'm, I I'm really surprised that we haven't seen more lawsuits under the <clears throat> statute. Because, I, I mean, to, these, these politicians lie about each other all the time. Well, you know, oftentimes, uh, you, you know, they, they always, the way they're worded, you know, you can kind of say, well, it's a little bit, you know, it's kind of subjective if they really lie. Uh, uh, but this, to me, was pretty straightforward uh, a lie. I mean, uh, I just don't know the way you can say it. Now, now, am I remembering this correctly? Did did O'Neill's wife initially file the the complaint, the initial charge or complaint? Seems like his uh, wife had something to do with it. She might have. I but, do not uh, remember. You have to look that up. CNN is reporting... A Georgia special prosecutor announced today that the murder and assault charges will be dismissed against two Atlanta police officers involved in a fatal shooting of Rashid Brooks in June of 2020, saying the officers acted reasonably in response to a deadly threat. If you remember, Brooks was in a <laughs> Wendy's parking lot. Passed out in passed the drive out behind the wheel. Drunk. <laughs> and uh, they came up, gave him a sobriety test. And uh, clearly inebriated, went to handcuff him, and Brooks turned and started fighting with the two police officers. Apparently his big guy overpowered them, got a taser from one of the police officers. They started to chase him to get the taser back. He turned around and started firing the taser at the police officers, which is considered a deadly weapon. Mm -hmm. The police officers... Garrett Rolfe and Devin uh, Brookson then fired shots at Brooks, shot and killed him. Um, The uh, special prosecutor, Peter uh, Scandalakis, came out and said both police police officers acted in accordance with well-established law and were justified in the use of uh, force regarding the situation. Now, again, if you remember, this happened within weeks of when George Floyd died. Um, yeah, like from May to June. I mean, like yeah, just, it was yeah, literally just a few weeks, mm-hmm. maybe just even a couple of weeks. The uh, what well, was June tw- uh, June of twenty twenty? What was the actual date? Uh, but it was uh, actually I remember George Floyd died well, on May the twenty fifth because I remember he was shot. Uh, he well he because it's like he, Memorial he around Memorial Day. Actually. Well, it was my birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the only reason I remember it was May the 25th. But um, the, the problem is with this, now, again, we, we have gone through, I mean, they, they have been examining this since it happened in June of 2020, over two years. Mm. Look how much it's cost Fulton County. Oh, yeah. And, but and well, the, how uh, much more is it going to cost? Yeah. I mean, is, is this just going to be announced in the news and nothing is going to happen? You yeah, hope and pray so, but yeah. Uh, when it broke today, it was the story was broke by CNN, which surprised me because you know, normally you don't ever hear anything about this when someone's overcharged and the, the charges are dismissed later. You don't hear anything about it, but it surprised me that CNN broke it. You know, I, I think um, back when it happened, the district attorney for Fulton County, which I think his name was Paul Howard, you know, came out with those murder charges and aggravated assault and all this. I mean. I mean, people from both sides were saying, uh, you're, you're overcharged. Oh, by the way, Howard lost his re-election yeah, campaign. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 
So, so here again, here's another politically motivated district attorney down in Fulton County that has cost the city. Uh, hey, and the and the Wendy's was burned down. They had yeah. riot, he had well, riots just a couple of weeks in that burned area. It down. Burned, uh, burned uh, it down. Burned and, it to um, the ground. And it it sparked riots across the country again, not to the level of George Floyd, but here again for just political reasons. You've had all this, not to mention all this money spent, and now they're acquitted or or actually dismissed. Never. I guess never charged, right? Um, or never. Um, I guess it never went to a grand jury if it's dismissed. Is that murder correct? and assault charges will be dismissed? Yeah. So apparently they were charged, but that was it. Um, so that just means they, you know, looking at all the evidence, there's no way in heck we can, no way in heck we can win this. Uh, I, I mean, and the, the idea. I mean, first of all, it's established law universally across the United States, anyway, that a taser is a deadly weapon, mm-hmm. and. The guy is firing a deadly weapon at the police officers, and they're supposed to duck and let the guy go. Yeah, I watched the video again. I remember watching it when it happened, when it first came out. And, uh, you know, those guys, I mean, this this happened in a matter of seconds. In fact, they had him on the ground, and he got away from two officers, you know, wrestled the taser away from him, and started running away and turned around and fired it at him. And in the heat of the moment, I mean— uh, a taser is a deadly weapon, but uh, hey, do you? I mean, do you sit there and say, "Well, gosh, you don't know if he's got a gun, if it's my gun or not"? Yeah. I mean, this is the heat of the moment. When, when officers have shot uh, perpetrators with tasers, and sometimes it kills them. You know, sometimes the electric shock will kill them. It's considered a deadly weapon when yeah. a cop does it. Yeah. So, yeah. the um, one wonders what else Brooks was on. Was it? Was he just inebriated? I mean, because he, he is one of those things that one guy, big guy, but one guy overpowering <laughs> yeah. two police officers. He was, and, and if it was just in a drunken stupor, uh, you know, he, he was going to be slow. And I would think he would be uh, very awkwardly moving. And yet he was able to overpower two police officers. Yeah, when he when they arrested him or or knocked on this door, I mean, he was out. He was out cold, and people were just driving around him in the drive-through. I mean, like what the? Yeah, there you go. I mean, think about if he, you know, a little kid, you know, ran out of Wendy's or something, and he took off driving and ran over and killed him. You know, gosh. Yeah. Well. Anyway, hope and pray that Atlanta doesn't uh, see more riots tonight. Uh, let's. Uh don't be shocked though stay with us more news and views coming up this is your drive at five and enc with tom lamprecht welcome back to news and views on talk 96.3 and 1037 oh my apologies for that last psa <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna say your response to the last piece psa <laughs> Hopefully, uh, hopefully we didn't catch that one. No. <laughs> Take a quick look at your weather forecast. Considerable cloudiness tonight, a low of 67. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, high around 90. Tomorrow night, uh, cloudy skies, low of 69. And uh, Thursday, a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible with a high of 88. An overnight low near 70. Chance of rain on Thursday night is 50%. So uh, one of those weeks where you have as much uh, cloud cover as you have sunshine and a passing shower every now and then. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, 
Ironwood Golf and a Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. Headed to the beach? Pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. Contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today. I am convinced that one of the big reasons that the Biden White House and the Biden DOJ and the Biden FBI are all involved in this Mar-a-Lago boondoggle is because they want the attention to get off of them and onto Donald Trump. And of course, they want to vilify Donald Trump. They look at Donald Trump as and listen, I, I have a hard time um, thinking that there is anybody more capable of disrupting the swamp, the deep state, than Donald Trump. Um, to a certain degree, in fact, um, our producer Clark gave me Trump's most recent post on his uh, social media website, came out just a, a little bit ago. Um, I say tweet, his post. I guess it's technically not a tweet since it's on uh, his uh, social media site. Incredible and irrefutable, correct, explanation point, opinion in today's Wall Street Journal by highly respected constitutional scholars David Rifkin and Lee Casey entitled, quote, the Trump warrant had no legal basis, a former president's rights under the Presidential Records Act trump the statutes of the FBI, what they cited. In other words, this assault on my home should never have happened. A political weaponization of law enforcement. What will I do now to get my reputation back? Uh, Donald Trump is, uh, <laughs> there's certain people you don't want to corner. I was reading an article by somebody, I can't remember now who it was, but just saying, you know, it's not a good idea to make Donald Trump mad. Some people, when they're in the situation that Donald Trump is in, they cower. They back off. Mm. I mean, if you remember when Mitt Romney... It emboldens Donald Trump. Oh, bingo! <laughs> remember really when does. Mitt Romney was uh, chastised by uh, Candy Crowley when he was debating um, Barack Obama. And mm. Uh, mm. Barack Obama said, you know, the, the, the 80s called, they want to get their foreign policy back. And, um, you know, who, who was the biggest threat, China or Russia, blah, 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 blah. Remember when he was confronted, Mitt Romney just cowered. He just backed into a corner. You know, Donald Trump, he just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like bring on the fight. That is what I, I, I love to pursue. And again, I, I get so tired of people that, you know, oh, I don't like the way Donald Trump is. I mean, Republicans that whine about Donald Trump. You ask for somebody that can play hardball, you get a guy that plays hardball, and then you whine about it. Yeah, yeah I, I think you're thinking about uh, Charlie Hurt with the Washington Times wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about bear hunting in Mar-a-Lago. And he says, if you're going to shoot a grizzly bear, you better kill yes, it. Yes, <laughs> that, that was the article. You're right. Yeah. Our, I, our old buddy Charlie. Because it made me think about it. Um, when, he, when he wrote that, he was you know having a lot of – comparisons to bear in alaska and then i saw another another uh article about alaska and then i saw him on fox news about a week later i knew he was on vacation because i had sent him something and uh 
So, so he must have been in Alaska because when I saw him on Fox News a couple of weeks later or a week and a half later, uh, he's got longer hair and a beard. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to get Charlie back on again. That was a good interview. But, yeah, I, Donald Trump, uh, he's not like the typical Republican. Of, no. uh, here, okay, here it comes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cower. I'm going to cower down like yeah. pull a Mitt Romney. He, no, he, gets, he gets meaner. There's all kinds of stories out today. Commentary from Jonathan Turley, uh, John Solomon in Just the News. Fox News has got uh, uh, stories out. Um, Jonathan Turley, I mean, one of the things that he points out in his commentary on the raid on Mar-a-Lago was basically, I mean, he's pointing out the fact that, wait a minute, why do we keep getting all this double talk out of the DOJ? The DOJ comes out and says, ah, you know, we really can't reveal anything. And yet we continually get these leaks out. Apparently there's a leak out not too long ago. I said, well, you know, we found 300 classified documents amongst the treasure trove of what we took out of Mm Mar-a-Lago. But then they said, but we can't, we can't, we're not allowed to talk about it. Well, how did the, how did that information get out unless the DOJ leaked it? Exactly. You know, and you compare that to the whole um you know prior to the 2016 election the whole hillary clinton email scandal and when jim comey came out and gave his findings and i i don't remember the number of classified documents that she had but there was a lot of them um on her server you know he, but he, she didn't mean to she didn't mean basically, to uh, the That's word was you know there's no intent there is no criminal intent and no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges on this so Obviously, the reasonability standard is different for Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So, <laughs> just the news came out, and basically, you know, we we have heard from the Biden White House that they had nothing to do with the raid. In fact, they didn't even know about it. They came out, and, you know, it was the t- typical Barack Obama excuse. Well, I read about it in the news. I yeah. heard it at the same time y'all heard about it. Now, I'm sh- I'm certain Joe Biden didn't know anything about it. If he did, he didn't remember it. If he did, but. Uh, but anyway, there's a lot of going back and forth between the FBI, the uh, and the FBI slash DOJ, the National Archives, and the White House. Well, they're going back and forth. The the National Archives decided, based on a letter that attorneys from the from supposedly Joe Biden. White House counsel, I think. White, well, yeah, a guy named uh, Jonathan Sue was the White House deputy counsel, mm-hmm. and the FBI and the DOJ. Make a long story short, apparently Joe Biden came out and said that Biden would not object to waiving his predecessor's claims to executive privilege, a decision that opened the door for the DOJ to get a grand jury to issue subpoena compelling Trump to turn over any remaining materials he possessed from his presidency. So... Where does Joe Biden get the authority to suddenly say, you know what, President Trump doesn't have executive privilege anymore. (laughs) I I am now declaring that any, and of course he didn't say any, but he said Donald Trump no longer has executive privilege. By fiat, he declares this. Well, here again, here's the the problem with the independence or lack thereof of of the Justice Department, the Biden Justice Department. You've got somebody in the White House Council, which, you know, is, is supposed to be there to advise the president, the current sitting president, basically having communication with the Department of, of Justice to pursue, I mean, this avenue. So, I mean, the, the Department of Justice and 
you know, the Democrats have been critical of Republicans getting down on the FBI. Well, hey, look at the last uh, five and a half, six years when the FBI, you know, issued FISA court documents that were were falsified, did the whole Russian Trump collusion thing. So so now the the Department of Justice is taking their instructions on the White House counsel against someone that that probably will be, um, you know, at least – Possibly the Republican nominee. I mean, it's a it's a yeah. political hit job. Is all it is big time against your political opponent. Big time. The type of stuff that happens in you know Cuba, banana republic in Cuba and yeah. and the uh, former Soviet Union and Russia and 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 Middle Eastern countries. You hear this type of thing all the time. Now the White House's excuse was they forgot. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, Wall, who was the uh, who was Wall? Was Wall the gal at the? Uh, I, don't, I can't remember. If Wall was uh, uh, Trump's attorney. I, I mean, these articles are like short novels. But uh, anyway, the the excuse from the the uh, the Biden White House, the Supreme Court's decision in Nixon versus Administrator of General Services, strongly suggests that a former president may not successfully assert executive privilege against the very executive branch in whose name the privilege is invoked. That ruling, however, was issued under an earlier predecessor law for presidential records. In other words, this was before the Presidential Records Act was passed. And in the immediate aftermath of one of, the, one of America's worst presidential scandals, Richard Nixon and Watergate and a whole different scenario. But again, the law has changed since then. I mean, if, if, if you could truly get an unbiased court and unbiased coverage, there's no way Donald Trump would lose. And in fact, I I mean, in all honesty, these rascals in the Biden administration and the FBI, they need to be, I mean, they don't need to lose their jobs. They need to be in jail. Yeah. Problem is, is there an unbiased court or media that's why i say i mean that's why i say i don't know if it exists in the united states anymore so with that being said we gotta take a break when we get back though uh there is a story out a major story out that i think the biden administration wants to make sure you are not aware of this is unbelievable it is uh barack obama 2.0 but uh it's barack obama on steroids i'll tell you what we're talking about when we get back Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So exactly what does the Biden administration, the Biden White House, want you not to notice? Please focus on Mar-a-Lago. Please focus on how bad Donald Trump is. But don't look at this. Don't look at this story out of the Daily Wire. Biden pursues deal handing world's largest state sponsor of terrorism a trillion dollars. A trillion dollars. That's with the T, and that would be Iran. President Biden, like his predecessor, Barack Hussein Obama, is eager to placate the leading state sponsor of terrorism on the planet, and this time... The despotic Iranian regime will get one trillion 
with a T, dollars by the year 2030 if the nuclear deal Biden is pursuing goes through. This is what he doesn't want you to see. A report by the Foundation for Defense of Democracies projects the deal would ensure the Iranian regime $275 billion in financial benefits during its first year and $1 trillion by 2030. Former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett noted the agreement will send approximately a quarter of a trillion dollars to Iranian terror administration's pockets and to its regional proxies and will enable Iran to develop, install, and operate centrifuges with almost no restrictions in a mere two years. And this is good for America. (laughs) After a Biden administration officially reported uh, the claim that the Iranian regime, quote, they came back last week and basically dropped the main hang-ups of the deal. That was what a Biden administration official reportedly said. That Iran came back last week and basically dropped the main hang-ups of the deal. However, the Foundation for Defense Democracy CEO Mark Dubowitz fired back and said, Iran won most of the demands. U.S. agreed to severely wreck the IRGC economic sanctions. Those were the sanctions against Iran put there by Donald Trump to let the International Atomic Energy Emission Investigation run separately So the IAEA, the International Atomic uh, Energy uh, uh, Administration, Director General Raphael Grossi, forced to issue an inconclusive report. Files will be quietly closed to pay $11 billion for U.S. hostages before the deal's implementation. So we're going to pay $11 billion billion to get people back. Uh, I thought the United States had a policy of never paying for hostages. Um, the Iranians will be able to, to have their way with atomic energy slash atomic weapons. We will make a down payment of $275 billion with a total of a trillion possibly coming their way by the year 2030. Meanwhile, the Iran regime is declaring that no nuclear deal will be signed if the International Atomic Energy Administration continues to investigate undeclared nuclear sites the IAEA Director General Rafael Grossi told CNN, so far Iran has not given us the technically credible explanations that we need to explain the origin of many traces of uranium, the presence of equipment at places. Let us have an explanation. If there was nuclear material there, where is it now? If there was equipment there, equipment there where is it now? Uh, and remember, uh, it's, it's probably good to note how um, under Hillary Clinton, you had all kinds of uranium mines sold to our adversaries. No deal will be implemented before the IAEA Board of Governors permanently closes the false accusation file, said uh, Mohammed Maradari, a spokesman for the Iranian regime negotiating team, snapped in a tweet, quote, Iranians' nuclear program will not be dismantled, as the Jerusalem Post reported on Tuesday. The Post reported that Israeli Prime Minister Lepid stated the EU sent Iran a final offer which does not um, comport with the principles to which Americans committed and established that the offer was take it or leave it. Iran refuses the offer, and therefore the time has come to get up and go. Anything else sends a message of weakness. So this is what the 
a Biden administration wants to push through. A, it's pretty obvious who's pushing. It's called his name is Barack Hussein Obama. The question is, how long will the American people tolerate? Now, first of all, I mean, they don't even know what's going on for the most part. I mean, you got to go dig if you want this information. How much longer will the American people tolerate a policy where the American people are continually punished and the American adversaries are continually rewarded? You know, it it just smells of the previous administration. Bingo. Not only Barack Obama, but John Kerry. John Kerry, Senator John Kerry, former Senator John Kerry, was the Secretary of State. He's got deep ties to Iranian officials. I mean, his daughters have you know family friends. Uh, he's he's been in the middle of a lot of suspicions about some of the things that went on uh, with the last deal, where we you know left what hundreds of millions of dollars on a airplane tarmac so the iran could get just before barack obama left office and not to mention um there was even talks back in uh what three or four years ago i mean there was leaked audio of iranian officials acknowledging communication with john Kerry about israeli strikes (laughs) yeah i mean john Kerry's in the middle of this and barack obama's in the middle of this and Anthony Blinken, it smells like Anthony Blinken. I mean, Anthony Blinken, which is the what current Secretary of State for Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden's longtime uh, assistant on foreign affairs matters, not only as vice president in the Senate. I, yeah, Joe Biden acknowledgement from Democrats and Republicans have been wrong on every issue his entire political career, and Anthony Blinken's been right, you know, right there beside him. So this is. I mean, this is another case, I hate to use this term, of the United States is going to get screwed on this deal. It's going to cost us money. Why we would think That's Iran, the best case scenario. And why we think Iran would do anything to uphold a deal, a bargain on anything. Why, you can't negotiate with them, period. Plain and simple. They prove it time and time again. You've got to come to the conclusion that the people that are making these deals want the United States destroyed. Yep. I, I don't know how you come to any other conclusion. And listen, this administration, what they're doing is so bizarre that people are going to hear this and ah, that can't possibly be true. How can that possible? I mean, I can think of people that if I shared this story with, oh, come on, Tom, that can't possibly be true. Folks, it is. Yeah, and uh, I mean, where's the money come from? That's that's what I want to know. I mean, who yeah, controls? Where, where, well, who controls know, that? Congress controls the purse. The strings. House controls the purse strings. I mean, it can't be in the budget. So, is this some of that money that the the president has? Uh, you know, I mean, he does have a few slush funds that he can spend money. I don't on, think he's got a trillion dollars to give to. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Iran. I think, I think that deal is like a quarter million dollars up front, right? Or or two hundred a quarter of a, a trillion, trillion dollars. Yeah, two hundred fifty million up front. Two hundred fifty so. billion. Yeah, because this is a trillion deal. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, sooner or later it's we're actually two hundred seventy-five billion. Yeah, we're actually talking I, real money. Listen, here. I, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I, I mean, time. You know, life is fleeting. Uh, you know, James says life is but a vapor, and it's true. But I can remember the first time our entire budget was a billion dollars. I mean, that was in my lifetime, mm-hmm. and that's chump change now. Unbelievable, John Kerry for you. And he's Mr. Self-Righteous on the climate and everything else. And his hair. He's got very nice hair. <laughs> we got to take it a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ride and shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. 
Two stories out. I only have just a couple of minutes to cover these, but uh, they're really uh, interesting as they uh, as you compare one against the other. First of all, out of Fox News, a Florida Christian school says students living gay or trans lifestyles will be asked to leave the school. Quote, we believe that God created mankind in his image, the Christian school in the Tampa area says. Now, this is a private school. And obviously they have, uh, and and listen, some Christian schools say, you know what, we want to be evangelical. We want everybody to come and we want to reach out to whoever wants to attend our school. And that's one philosophy. Other Christian schools said, no, we want to follow biblical standards in all things. And uh, we're not going to put up with things that we think go against the scriptures. And listen, it's a private school. That's their prerogative. Whether you agree with one scenario or the other, it's a private school. That's their scenario. But as you can imagine, they're getting a lot of negative feedback that, oh, you're a bunch of racists, you're a bunch of homophobes, you're a bunch of whatever. At the same time, and this is a private school, at the same time, the University of California, Berkeley, has started a people of color house. And this people of color house is a place where certain people, minorities, can go to strictly to be able to avoid white people, white people's presence. And this is a public school. And this is a public Mm -hmm. university where the taxpayers have paid for this POC building that people can go. And listen, if if you're a a white man or a woman, uh, if you're a white man, you're really bad news. But if a minority were to take a white person into this house, you've got to get up and declare before everyone in the house, danger, danger, white person entering, literally. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you can't make it up. Unbelievable. Hey, listen, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.